Hello, it's Jeff Fulcino, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversations. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. And a big what's up goes out to Royals Nation. It's Davo, and I'm glad you're along for another edition of Clubhouse Conversation, the place where we catch up with all your favorite current and former Royals players. And we do it year-round, too, here on the site. So make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Royals Clubhouse. It's just Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. You can subscribe through iTunes and here on the site as well. Now, today we're joined by Jeff Fulcino who pitched for the Royals back during the 2008 season out of the Royals' bullpen. A big guy with a big arm, 6'4", 270, Fulcino could bring it, topping out around 96, sitting around 94. Uh, Jeff, like I said, 12 games with the Royals, came up with the Marlins originally, and then went on to pitch for the Houston Astros and the San Diego Padres as well, primarily with the Astros, including in 2009 when he appeared in 61 games for Houston with a 3.40 ERA. Overall, 163 Major League appearances over parts of five different seasons. And Jeff joins us now on Clubhouse Conversation to talk about it from the start, growing up. Uh, going to high school, going to UConn for college, being drafted, coming over to KC. We'll talk about Kansas City Barbecue. We'll talk about the cool way Ryan Lefevre used to say his name. All that and so much more as Jeff joins us on Clubhouse Conversation. First of all, Jeff, thank you so much for your time. And second of all, I hear you're doing real estate these days, right? Yeah. No, it's um, it's been a lot of fun, uh, the transition to real estate from baseball, and uh, I enjoy it. So how I understand it is you went back and finished up at UConn, and was that always kind of a dream of yours after your career to get into that? Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I, uh, something I always wanted to do was finish, um, you know, getting my degree. You know, um, I leaving as a junior, I had a, a little less than a year because I kind of pieced, you know, classes here and there um, while I was coming up in the minor leagues. And then I, I wanted the first thing I wanted to do was finish up when I – I knew I was done playing, and um, so I, I did that. And then I wanted to get into something um, that I, you know, I want. I, I wanted to do something that I enjoyed doing. You know, and a lot of times, you know, people aren't as fortunate to do something that they really love to do. And of course, they had that with baseball. And you know, I was looking for something that kind of would replace that in some some aspects. Um, and uh, you know, having with baseball, we're always on the move. You know, we're always looking for new places. We're always um, changing uh, cities and towns, and um, so you're always, in effect, looking for places. And um, you know, it's something I had to do as a, you know, playing, and something that I thought might be a, a natural fit, something that I enjoyed. And you know, here I am doing it, and I, I, I do enjoy it. Very cool, very cool. Are you still doing, you know, anything with baseball? Are you coaching at all, or doing any private lessons or anything anymore? Um, I haven't done any private lessons. Um, I have done, my, my son is old enough to play, so I've done um, uh, quite a bit of coaching with him um, in Little League. And um, so, I, you know, I did a lot of that this summer. Um, as a matter of fact, I coached his team and I coached his travel team. Kind of, so, I, yeah, I've kept in baseball. I haven't necessarily done lessons because, of, you know, between his team and real estate, it keeps you busy. But, uh, yeah. 
something that I would certainly entertain. Uh, yeah, for sure. In the future. For sure, for sure. Now, you know, you were only here in the Royals organization for one year, obviously, but I'm assuming, you know, you knew Gordo and Butler and Hochaver and some of those guys. I mean, was it pretty exciting for you to watch them, uh, you know, last year in the World Series? Oh, absolutely. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to root for them, you know, and um, I enjoyed my time immensely in uh, Kansas City. And uh, actually, uh, I, uh, I lived with um, Billy for. Um, the time I was in Kansas City. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was fun to root for him, yeah. Oh, very cool, very cool. Well, you know, we'll come back to the Royals a bit later, but let's kind of go back and start from, uh, you know, from the beginning for you. So you went to Trinity High School in Manchester, New Hampshire. I mean, was baseball your main sport growing up? And, you know, who were some of your biggest influences with the game? Yeah. Um, so I, I went to Trinity High School in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, I um, Baseball was, um, for sure, my first, you know, or, first sport or, you know, greatest passion, I, I really, you know, it was always going to be baseball um, for me anyway, but I did play other sports. Um, I was actually, you know, really good at football. Um, I just didn't enjoy it as much. You know, I got recruited um, to play college football, um, but it just wasn't something that was, for me, it came down to the uh, football you play once a week, right? And you practice all week and you get to the crap kicked out of you all week <laughs> to play one game. You know, where baseball you play virtually every day and, you know, it was a game. It was the the fun you know, practice isn't fun, you know. So um for me it was all about, you know, being able to play in a game. If football played more games then you know. But uh as it worked out, you know, I played football, basketball and baseball and of course, you know, baseball was my first love and uh who was uh, who was your team growing up? Then your favorite team? Were you like a Red Sox guy, maybe from there? Yeah, I mean, growing up because I was in I was in New Hampshire. You know, the natural fit was uh, the Red Sox. Um, that's kind of who I followed um, growing up. Um, you know, that's who I uh, I really idolized Roger Clemens growing up. You know, okay. being in Boston, being so dominant, being a pitcher, being you know similar body type, and um, you know super dominant guy that was who i kind of looked up to and idolized as a as a kid did you ever get to meet him later on when you played actually i did yeah when i when i was in houston i did and uh, funny enough i uh you know his son was on in the organization the astros organization i played with him um you know and got to see roger uh and met him on a, a few occasions very cool now you went to, to uconn then uh what made you choose uconn to play baseball then and what are your favorite memories of your college years um UConn was a, a really a natural fit for me because it was um, it was close enough yet far enough away um, from me. You know, being from New Hampshire was a, a few a couple hours away, um, and it was a you know it was a, a a very good New England college program. And they, um, as you can see now, they've they've actually gotten a lot better. Yeah, you know, they're one of the top. Um, Schools in or in baseball, they're they're if not tops, they're you know in the top three in New England. So for me, that was um, a big attraction. That it was a major university. It was somewhat close by, and um, you know they had you know awesome facilities. Yeah, and then uh, in the summer times, are you pitched in the uh, speaking of New England, the New England Collegiate Baseball League? So how competitive was that league, and who were some of the guys you played with or against in that league? 
I thought it was very competitive. You know, I, I really it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it was again it was close by, so I could um, you know shoot home whenever I wanted to. Uh, funny enough, I um, it, on my team, the Keen Swamp Bats, I actually played with um, Jeff Keppinger, who I was oh. teammates with in Houston at the major league level. So it was kind of a um, you know. Uh, funny how things ended up, but him and I played on the same team. We ended up, you know, in the major leagues on the same team. Um, you know, so that was, that was kind of cool, um, full circle. Yeah, both of you guys played for the Royals, too. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then the eighth round of 2001, the Marlins select you. So take us back to that draft day. First of all, were the Marlins, you know, the team that scattered you, the, he- you know, the heaviest? Were you kind of thinking they were going to take you? And then where were you at when you got that news? What was that like? Um, it was, um, it, it was, it's a little different the way they did it back then, you know, because you really didn't know. I mean, you get phone calls and stuff that, oh, you know, we're interested in you, this and that. And um, so I knew that there was a bunch of teams that were interested. I didn't, you know, I had no idea where I'd go or, you know, what kind of. Um, but I was at home. Um, I had, uh, um, I didn't know what to expect. You know, you couldn't, it wasn't like uh, now where they have it on TV and they, you know, online. It was, um, you know, you just basically waited by the phone and waited and hoped you got a phone call. And unfortunately, I did. I got a phone call. I can remember, you know, taking a phone call from, um, it was a scout who had, uh, you know, I had kind of been in contact with. And um, he called me and said, you know, congratulations. You, you've been drafted by the Florida Marlins. Now they're the Miami Marlins, but um, the Florida Marlins. And, um, you know, essentially, wait till we meet to start negotiating this contract. And, you know, the next day he was at my house, and it was just, you know, him, me, and my dad talking, you know, uh, financial numbers and, you know, how soon can you get to Florida kind of thing. <laughs> happened quick, I'm sure, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it was that. I mean, it just happened that day. It was. Uh, oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. So it was, um, it was just a matter of um, <laughs> getting, you know, getting past the excitement. Getting now, you know, realizing that, you know, this is, kind of, this is a business now. You know what I mean? I'm in business for myself, and um, the first step is negotiating, uh, you know, the financial terms of my first contract, essentially. Well, you, you did that right away, like you said. So 14 games at Utica in the New York Penn League uh, in 2001. Then from 02 to 07, so you're in the Marlins system. You're with King County, Greensboro, Jupiter, Carolina, and Albuquerque. Also a big league call-up in that time. Before we talk about the big league call-up, uh, a number of future Royals you played with, like Denny Bautista and Josh Willingham, Chip Ambrose. And, do you have any memories of any of those guys You know, in the early years? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm playing with all of them. Um... Josh Willingham, I played. I just happened to play with him the most. I was, you know, teammates coming up into the Marlins system with him um, on a few different teams. So um, he he was kind of, um, I'd say, the person I had was around the most anyway in the clubhouses and on the field. And um, but uh, you know, play, and even playing against him in the major leagues. So it was um, Josh was a super good dude. Um, you know, ultra nice, um, and uh, have some of the you know most fondest memories in the my at least in the minor leagues. You know, uh, with uh, Josh. 
Yeah, he had uh, the most forgotten at bat last year in the wild card game for the Royals, a pinch hit at bat that got things yeah. started in the comeback yeah. that a lot of people yeah. forget about. So that whole thing wouldn't happen without him. So uh, kind yeah. of kind of a cool thing there. So so then June of 2006, you're with Albuquerque, and then you get that call to the big leagues. So take us back that first moment you got called up. You know, where were you at when you got the news? Who told you? What was that moment like? Uh, the moment was really cool. It was really it was actually really special because it was um, on Father's Day. So um, it was. Uh, you know, just it was. I just remember being the moment, being like, "Oh my God, this is so cool! It's on Father's Day," and you know, and you know, just remembering calling my dad and, and telling him, um, you know, he's thinking I'm calling him, you know, Happy Father's Day, and you know, it, it, oh by the way, you know, can you meet me in uh, Camden Yards? Because I'm going to the big leagues. You know, so that was that made it really special. I mean, it was special anyway, but it was made it an extra special moment. I'm sure, man. That's cool. Great, what a great story there. And then, uh, like you mentioned, Camden Yards. Then, uh, so that's where they're playing when you get to the big league. So, I mean, walking into a big league clubhouse the first time, what sticks out about that? Um, it was um, being Camden Yards. You know, in the, this was you know in the infancy of interleague play. So it was you're like, oh, you know, it's a, you know the Marlins were in the National League. So if you're thinking, oh, where you know where we're going to be. And then to find out it's going to be Camden Yards and then Yankee Stadium is kind of like thirsty for a little bit of a loop, but it was you know cool all the thing, all at the same time. And um, so I, I can remember going to Camden Yards or you, you first go to the hotel, but um, I was lucky enough to get in and be able to go to the hotel first to kind of just relax a little bit because you know you have all this you know, like all this excitement built up and you know to have to go you know, cause you have to go straight to the stadium. It's just like, it's, it's almost like sensory overload, you know, all this <laughs> stuff is being thrown at you. And then I was lucky enough, I, could, I got I got a flight early enough to I can go to the hotel, kind of relax, kind of, you know, meet some of the guys that I knew on the team and just kind of, you know, let the things process a little bit and then go to the stadium. Did you sleep at all that night before? No, I mean, it was just, you know, all the things that, you know, you, when you first get called up, at least for me, they were, you know, you're racing through your mind, all oh, what to expect, how to, you know, what do I need to do, where do I need to be, make sure all my stuff's in order, I got all my equipment, you know, what, you, who, who do I have to talk to, have, who, you know, who doesn't know, you know, of course you're fielding a bunch of phone calls, hey, congratulations, yeah. you know, so, yeah. it's, it's pretty over, a little bit almost overwhelming, but it's, you know, it's, it's right up there with one of the, you know, the best days of your life. Yeah, and your debut came at Camden Yards there, June 22nd of 06, bottom of the eighth inning. So you walked the first major league hitter, Kevin Millar, that you saw, and then you got uh, Ramon Hernandez, uh, you know, to fly out there. So uh, do you remember that night pretty well? Oh, yeah. I wasn't even um, – it was funny because, I, you know, in the minor leagues I was a starter. So, you know, when you're going up, um, you know, they told me I was going to be in the pen, and, which is completely, you know, understandable. And then um, – it happened to be my side day, and where I, you normally throw a bullpen, and it didn't. I did. I wasn't going. Initially, I wasn't supposed to pitch that day, so they told me just go up and throw a little bit. You know, kind of get out the nerves and just throw a bullpen because that's the normal scheduled day that I would have done so as a starter. Well, um, I think it was Carlos Martinez. I'm not positive, but he was pitching. He was in the game he ends up throwing a pitch and getting hurt. And I was up at the time throwing. And so Girardi went to the mound, and um, they, they said, 
well, just bring him in. You know, it was, it, it was kind of funny how it happened. I wasn't even like I was supposed. To, I wasn't supposed to pitch, so I came in middle of a count to um, Malar, and uh, you know, it was. I think it, I think the count was like one and one zero. So it wasn't even. I guess it, it's technically my batter, but it was. You know, I didn't even get to start in the middle or fresh count. So um, it was funny how it happened, but I, I remember it. You know, to this day walking Millar and then facing Ramon Hernandez and then getting, um, he hit a line drive right back at me. So that's how I, you know, it was my first out. Um, not, not technically my first batter, but, um, you know, pretty close to it. And, you know, getting a line drive that I almost, it, it got, came right back at my face. I caught it and almost fell down. That's how, that's why I remember it so much. <laughs> and you're probably, so like when the, when the phone rang for you to come in, you're like, what, me right now? Was it kind of like, what right. Yeah. So they're like, oh, you know, you, <laughs> Saw him get hurt, and you're like, "Oh man, you know, I wonder what they're going to do here." And then, and then since I was throwing, I was already loose. They're like, "Just, yeah, just bring him in. We'll just bring him in for the to finish the inning because there was um, already two outs." So, well, at least you didn't have time to get nervous, right? You'd... Right. <laughs> kind of, it was just like, "Oh, you know, that that was that was one of the coolest, uh, you know, uh, situations. It gave me the opportunity to, you know, get my feet wet, but you know, not being." I didn't have a chance to think about it, like you said. So, kind of confusing to me. So, they sent you right back to AAA, and you never got the call back to Florida. So, why did they bring you up, A, in the first place? I'm assuming an injury, maybe. And, B, why did they send you back down so quick? And, you know, were you surprised you didn't get a call back in September that year? Yeah, I don't, you know, it was a weird uh, uh, situation. It was when all there was a lot of stuff going on um, between the front office and the manager and, you know, um, I don't know. I never, I never understood why, or you know, no one ever told me as far as what what happened with you know bringing me up really only for basically a week and then sending me back down with only the one appearance. But you know, some, sometimes that's just the way it works. Some, I, you know, I was lucky enough to later on get another chance to get back into the to the major leagues. But you know, some guys don't don't get that chance. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, 2007 was the next year then, so you're back in Albuquerque without a call-up that year, but you appeared in just 16 games. Were you injured in 07? Yeah, so what happened, I was off to a really good start and um, with Albuquerque, and I thought, you know, I was on my way to getting another call, and um, I ended up, I was starting at the time, and I um, was warming up for a game, and um, I just felt like shooting pains run down my arm after just, um, you know, having it warming up for the to start. And um, I can remember just being just overwhelmed with, you know, you know you've got to be kidding me that this is happening right now when I'm having one of my best seasons as a starter in AAA, doing well, you know, hoping to get called up. And it what turned out, I ended up having to have shoulder surgery. So it was kind of a, just a wasted year for me. What was it? What kind of surgery? Um, I ended up having labrum surgery. Oh, yikes. Torn labrum. And, you know, and, of course, um, I was released by the Marlins after that season. So yeah. it was, um, um, it, it ended up working out because I, you know, signed him with Kansas City. But, you know, it, it could have been, <laughs> it, it realistically could have been the end of my career. Yeah, for sure. Now, before we talk about KC, so remind our listeners, you know, what pitches you threw, where did you sit at, top out at, et cetera. Um, it was I. Um, I was a predominantly a, a fastball um, sinker, um, split 
fastball, sinker, slider, split is what what I really threw, um, especially as a reliever. I only threw really the the three pitches. Um, but as a starter, you know, when, as a starter, I, I would throw other pitches just to offset or you know show other hitters. But as a as a reliever, for the most part in my major league career, I only threw fastball, slider, split. And you were what ninety? Would you sit ninety? Did you top ninety six? Is that right? Yeah, I, yeah, as a reliever, yeah. As a starter, you know, I, I didn't throw as hard. And then, you know, when you come in as bullpen, it's it's more. Listen, I got to get to these guys, and I got to do it now. And I, and and it's, you're more effort than you would be as a starter because you're throwing as a starter hundred plus pitches over the course of you know five, six, seven, eight, maybe nine innings. So. You know, you're not saving anything as a reliever. So uh, I ended up, as a starter, I was like 90 to 93, and as a reliever, I ended up being, you know, sitting 93 to 96. Yeah, okay, okay. So like you said, you signed with the Royals. Minor league deal, February of 08. I mean, you know, what made you ultimately choose the Royals to sign with? To be honest, the Royals were my only option. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, So when I was released, um, you know, essentially missed that year, and it was going to be... Um, the rehab time, you know, basically would be close whether or not I'd be ready for um, spring training the next year. So um, going into it, I knew that I had to really push myself in the offseason to make sure I was ready. And um, as it turned out, I, I mean, I really didn't get any, any, well, I got some interest, but once they found out that, you know, the surgery I had, with the labrum, I didn't have any interest, in, or at least any offers. And um, so what it came, what it came down to was the Royals. And the Royals, even it, to his, to their credit, they said, "Listen, we really don't have room for you. You know, we we we'd like to have you, um, but we don't have room for you. And basically, you know, you'd have to. Uh, as of right now, we don't, you know, we don't have a spot for you on any of the on our rosters. So you know, you're going to have to." Essentially, prove that or make a roster. Hmm. Well, it was kind of they just it was basically, you know, like someone just taking a flyer, and um, um, with the the chance that it ends up paying off, and obviously it worked out for me, and um, you know I was extremely grateful, but uh, it, it, almost not to be. Yeah, dangerously close. It sounds like so that spring training. What sticks out about uh, going to surprise that year? Um, it was the first time I had spring training in um, Arizona, which was different. So it was like a whole different, um, you know, uh, with my family being on the East Coast, it was a whole different um, set of circumstances. And um, from the climate to to where to where you stayed, it was um, all pretty. You know, and getting used to new new faces, new team, um, new coaches, new staff. Um, it was it was. It was quite a change, you know, that on top of the fact that, you know, I knew going into it that I was going to have a short leash as far as, you know, trying to trying to get a job. Yeah, well, things would end up, you began that year with, uh, what, Northwest Arkansas for two games. They were, you know, literally just launching that franchise. I mean, you were there for like a week, and anything stick out about your yeah, week? Yeah, I, I didn't even make it. It started the season on the road. I didn't even make it to the home, to, <laughs> to the first home stand. No way. Um, you know, I, I had a really good spring training, and, you know, they basically told me, like, let's, well, it first started off that, um, you know, they, <laughs> they said, uh, listen, um, you know, we're, 
we don't have a spot for you, but we want to keep you. You, you know, we're going to keep you in extended spring until we can figure out what we want to do. And I said, you know, what am I supposed to say? You know, <laughs> I, I, sure, I will. Um, and so they had a spot immediate uh, open up within the first week or so of the seat, first a few days. Someone, I think, someone got hurt, and then they sent me to Northwest. So I pitched twice, and then. Um, then they sent, sent me out to AAA. So. Wow, so you never got to go to that park then, huh? No, never. Not not one time. Wow. So Wait. I pitched, um, I think it was um, in Corpus Christi. Yeah. And that was it. Yep. Yep, they play there. That's funny. So you move up to Omaha then, and then eventually yep. get called up. Uh, Joel Peralta is struggling in early June there. You get called up. So how about the, the you know the call up to KC? Anything stick out about I'm assuming it was Jersey that gave you the news? Yeah. Yeah, one of my all-time favorite coaches, Jersley. Yeah, that guy was awesome. Yeah, no, I mean he was, um, just his temp, you know, just very easy, laid back, and you know, kept things fun and interesting all the time. And uh, um, you know, it he, he to get his he was slightly sarcastic, you know, so. Um, very similar personality my own so i got i got a got along you know very well with him and uh um you know he i was pitching pretty well you know of course i i was making a switch to the bullpen so they were throwing me out of the bullpen and uh um i was having a, you know up until that point a very good season and um got the call i didn't of course you know i, I really didn't expect it because i was just happy to be in AAA again, you know, having no clue as what was really going on at the major league level because here I am a few weeks, maybe a, a couple of months into the season. I, you know, I did, it's not like I went to major league camp, you know. It's not, I didn't know any of those guys. And I was, you know, a month or so ago or two months ago, I was in extended spring training because they didn't have a spot for me, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was kind of um, a bit of a whirlwind. And you weren't even on the 40 at that point either, were you? Oh, uh, no. So I really didn't expect it, you know. It was really unexpected. Yeah, that's a shocker. So you're like, me? Really? <laughs> right? Exactly. So that's the way I was just, you know, I was, I was when Jersey told me, I was stunned. You know, I didn't really know. I was almost more stunned than I was the first time. Because, you know, I really didn't expect it. I was just happy to be there. And, you know, here I am going back to the major leagues. Something that I thought, you know, might never happen again. That's great. Well, it did. So who were some of your teammates in KC that kind of took you under their wing when you first got up here and that you became friends with? Um, uh, when I first got up there, um, I mean, Michael Velas was there. I mean, not that he was a pitcher, but, you know, um, I knew him. I played with Mike in AAA. And um, uh, Gil Mesh was really nice. Gil was there when I was there. And, um, um, you know, he was uh, – helpful and you know kind of just getting used to you know because it was a you know you gotta remember our first real time i get to spend my first bit of time you know real time you know before i was there a week you know and kansas city was really my first opportunity to kind of you know really get my feet wet and get you know a handle on what it's like to be a you know a major league pitcher you know and so there's a lot that goes with that, from finding housing, you know, to how, you know, what major league pitchers do to get themselves ready, you know, because it, it's a little, it's different than, you know, at the, at, in the minor league level to the major league level, you know, yeah. um, just the preparation 
that goes into it that you you know you, you don't see in, in minor leagues that you in the major leagues that's you know that's why that's part of the reason why they're there they're they may not be the talent I don't think is that greatly different it's a lot of it has to do with you know preparation and um, consistency you know and seeing for really for the first time what these guys to do to prepare themselves for each start you know Grinky was there too and it was the same thing they were those guys were just um, super prepared, you know, whether it was in the video room, whether it was in the weight room, or, you know, whether it was, um, um, you know, on the field. Those guys, you know, that's what it really, you know, you, you, you got, I got to see for the first time, like, man, you know, this is what it takes. Yeah. Any? Uh, do you have any classic Grinky memories or stories? Anything stick out that he said? He no, you know, I, I did, uh, there was one Grinky memory that I do have um, where we had a team in. You know, the team wasn't playing especially well at the time, and I can remember um, it was Jose. There were some issues with Jose. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and um, you know, it, I can remember having a, a team meeting where you know Grinky kind of just like you know um, some of the older guys. We're kind of leading the meeting, and Grinky stood up and basically, you know, not called people out, but, you know, it was like the elephant in the room, you know, and, and Grinky was, you know, hey, listen, this is what we, we need to make some changes as far as, you know, what we're doing as a team, and I remember that most about Grinky, that he really got the team concept of it, you know, and he, something else about Grinky, he was just uber competitive, you know, and that was something that you, uh, the, I had never really seen, like how, you know, because at your first year, you're happy to be there, right? Grinky was so, so competitive that you, you, you just, it didn't matter what it was. It was just, you know, it was, everything was a competition, you know, whether it was him and, and Gil, I can remember at the time it was him and Gil going over who's going to strike out the most batters that, that <laughs> year, you know? You know what I mean? And having a wager on it. That was, you know, that was, that was really, I thought, you know, I thought that was, I, I wanted to do that at some point in my, be able to do that at some point in my <laughs> career, be in a position where, you know, I'm leading the team in strikeouts or, you know, wagering with somebody. That's great. That's great. And your first outing then uh, was at Yankee Stadium, June 8th of 08. Now, that, this was actually be your first big league strikeout was in that appearance, and I've got the answer. Can you remember who it was? I think it was Melky Cabrera. Yep, you got it. Yep, <laughs> you nailed it. There. Yeah, well, that was you know, um, that was an experience I'll never forget because in that same series, I gave up a, a walk off hit to Brett Gardner, <laughs> and I, it was the, it was you know I have to remember it was the old Yankee Stadium, and for me that was a I think that that memory was something that I'll never ever forget, even more so than my. You know, my first my first outing was because it's, I don't know if you remember the old stadium, but when you're out, at least when you're out on the mound, you look up and it's just it's daunting how big and how many people are there. You know, mm-hmm. and it was just I could just remember I can remember um, it, maybe not that outing, but it was a later outing in that same series where John Buck came out to me, and I literally didn't hear anything he said to me because it was so so loud. And I, I'm just—I can remember thinking to myself, I was like, you, you, 
this is unbelievable. I can't, not only can I, I can see John's lips moving, but I can't hardly hear a word he's saying. <laughs> and just, you know, kind of taking in that experience and being just like almost overwhelmed with, you know, where I was, what was going on around me, and, you know, trying to focus and do, you know, get this guy out. Yeah, well, and so you get in five games that June then, and you'd come back later, but you got sent back to Omaha until mid-August yep. then. So while we're talking about Omaha, you know, Rosenblatt Stadium, Omaha, what sticks out about that? Um, what stuck out about Rosenblatt Stadium is how awful the locker room was. <laughs> <laughs> so small and cramped. <laughs> That's what stuck out most with me about Rosenblatt Stadium was, you know, I, you, playing college, you, you know, obviously – the whole goal was playing the College World Series, right? Go out to Rosemont mm-hmm. Stadium, and you could see it on TV. Man, that place looks awesome. And then, you know, when you get there, you're like, man, they don't ever show the inside where the clubhouse is, or <laughs> you know, or the, where the showers are, or where the training room is. And and you're like, man, if they all, if people only really knew what what, what this place looked like on the inside. <laughs> Yeah, another guy that you played with there in Omaha was another New Hampshire kid. Uh, did you get to know Matt Tupman, your catcher there, pretty well? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, Matt and I played on a thirteen-year-old team that uh, uh, a thirteen-year-old AAU team. That no way. Ended up winning. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how um, you know things work itself out. As you know, with people, you, you small world in baseball, really. But um, um, I played with Matt. Matt was a catcher then at thirteen. Um, and it was a 13-year-old AAU team. We ended up winning the national. You know, at the time was a you know AAU national championship. So it was very cool. Yeah, I played with him. You know, spoke with him about a month I was, ago. I've been fortunate in that respect to play with you know guys. That I played with um, um, another a catcher that I was college teammates with too, Brian Esposito. He the same thing. He um, you know I ended up playing with him in Houston. Okay. Very cool. Well, it's a, it all comes back. It's a small world, and, the, and the, so the Royals yeah. call you back up. And so August sixteenth, you're back for the rest of that '08 season. So I mean, when you look back just at that whole you know summer, you know being with the Royals in Omaha, you know what sticks out about you that summer with the Royals? Um, it was really it, it was a learning experience on how to be a major leaguer. You know, I think we talked a little bit about you know um, Mesh and and Grinky and what it took to be prepared every day that was really what it was for me it was getting used to you know being a major league pitcher and you know knowing that i belonged and and um getting the opportunity you know and seeing what it took and that's what i remember most was um was that you know that it was it was a different level than i had been used to you know it was um you really have to constantly strive to get better whether it was in the weight room whether it was on the field or whether it was in the video you know doing that, that you couldn't just show up, you know, you couldn't just show up and do it. You had to constantly, you know, try and get better in some aspect. Otherwise, you weren't going to, you know, you weren't going to be successful and you certainly weren't going to stick around. I can still remember uh, Royals TV broadcaster Ryan Lefevre, how he'd say your name with a fake Italian oh, voice. Yeah. Do, do you remember <laughs> that? Did, did Jeff yeah, Fuccino? No, I, know? I've seen some clips. I, I, somebody sent me something where, I don't know if it was a couple of years ago or something, but. They were talking about favorite names and favorite names, and I, I can, I know, he, I know for a fact he he loves saying my name for some reason. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was. I, look, I had, I had a great time. You know, like I said earlier, I, you know, I stayed with Billy. Billy uh, had rented a house. He let me stay with him. By the time I was up there, it was a, you know, um, 
I think, uh, to be honest, one of the I think one of the most underrated cities is Kansas City, and how nice it is, how nice the people are, the you know, the stadium, the amenities around. I really love my time in Kansas City. How about barbecue? Did you try all the barbecue hotspots? Oh God, you, you, yeah. Well, you remember that, you know. I mean, it's not. I'm not lacking an appetite. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I made sure I tasted all uh, of Kansas City's barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, and you enjoyed it then too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, so December of '08, the Royals put you on waivers. So it ended up being a good thing because you know Houston picks you up and three seasons there, uh, and 147 games combined. So your best year, obviously, was probably you know 2009. So you get in 61 yep. games. You had a 3.40 ERA. You know, you know, helping really anchor that bullpen down there. So I mean, how much fun was that 2009 season in particular, and then getting regular work at the major league level? It was a lot of fun, you know, but it was all set up by. You know, the previous year, getting, like I said, you know, learning what it takes, you know, to be a, you know, to essentially to be a major league pitcher, you know, and it, it was all, basically that led to that. And I can remember distinctly the conversation I had with Dayton, you know, when he called me over, it was, I think November, he called me and said, listen, you know, we're putting you on waivers, we, uh, um, you know, it's just, it's it's a business decision, we really, you know, we really liked you, it was, um, uh you know, something that we felt uh, that, you know, we can make the team better by signing, I forget the guy's name, but signing this guy. And, um, and you know, I, look, it was a very personable, um, um, Dane was very personable, very nice. And um, like I said, it was um, my experience led to, you know, that next season in Houston, you know. Um, but it, was, it ended up being my best season. I really, uh, with Houston, it was, um, it, but it, that season wouldn't have happened without you know the previous season in Kansas City. How'd you like that uh, that little hill that they're getting rid of in center field there after this year? I you know I liked it. Yeah, because it's different. You know I liked it. Um, and, you know we had a center field. We had Michael Bourne when I was there. Yeah, and that that dude could catch everything. It didn't matter. So uh, it didn't matter if there was a was a you know ten foot hill or a hundred foot hill. That dude was going to catch it and. Um, I thought it was, it was, you know what, I felt like it was just a great home field advantage kind of thing, you know, where teams um, had to negotiate something that we were used to. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed they're uh, getting rid of that after the season. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, who, is, uh, do you, you can just plead the fifth and not answer this question. If it's Astros and Royals this year, who are you going for in the playoffs this year? You, is it going to be tough to pick? I I will root for both teams. Okay, honestly. there you go. Hope for you the know, tie. Hope I, for rainouts. I, I will enjoy. Well, that you know, now that they're in the American League, it does it does make make it different. But um, <laughs> you know, I will root for both teams. Fair enough. Fair enough. So one other thing in 2009. So Fukudome hits that chopper back to you. It's on the Sports Center. You know, not top ten. It gets caught inside your jersey. What do you What do you remember about that play? Um, how embarrassed I was. <laughs> Well, that was just that, that wasn't your fault, though. It was I, just luck. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I to this day, you know, people still bring it up to me, <laughs> and um, which is fine. I, you know, to have at least people remember you for something. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's nice that they remember you, even if it was, you know, for one of the uh, not so top ten plays in baseball, <laughs> probably baseball history. But um, you know, I um, about I did. It was a I threw an awesome pitch, and I remember being pumped up 
you know, that I'm getting the ground ball back to me, you know, and this could be an easy out. And um, it was it was hit hard, so it took a bounce right in front of me, and I just tried to corral it in front of me, and it bounced up, hit me in the chest, and I thought, oh, I got it, you know, it's, it's going to, you know, drop in front of me or, or be in, and then I looked down, and I'm like, what? You know, I'm looking around, and I'm like, where, where the heck did this ball go? And then I just feel like a lump on the side of, you know, where it's gone. It's gone into my shirt, and it's down, you know, where my belt is. And, I, you know, I can remember, you know, looking up to this guy and being like, what? you got to be, you know, kidding me, but in not so nice, not in, that, <laughs> not, not in those words. Yeah, that was, it was classic. So I, I'd never, you know, I'd never even heard of that. I didn't know. I, I Honestly, I looked at the umpire, and I just kind of shrugged my shoulders. I was like, I don't know, you know, what is that? <laughs> was it a dead ball or what? <laughs> I didn't even know how to react. And then, you know, of course, I had to get the ball. And then, you know, seeing everybody look at me like, what happened? What? And then when they realized I pull it out of my shirt, and everybody's laughing. <laughs> That's great. Now, as far as Houston and your teammates there, you know who were some of your favorite guys to play with in Houston, and overall your favorite memories there. Um, I, you know, in Houston, I was fortunate to play with a, a, um, some guys that um, were super guys. You know, just super dudes on and off the field. Um, Lance Berkman, I get to know him pretty well, and um, you know, just a unbelievable guy on and off the field, and you know, just super funny and, um, you know, gracious and nice. And uh, um, some other guys I got to play with, uh, of course, you know, Roy Oswald, um, he was a little bit more quiet, more reserved, but, you know, he was um, super competitive. Um, you know, I, I, of course, I'll always remember Houston because, you know, it was where I played the longest. So, you know, I had the most major league memories, you know, if you will. Um, but it was, you know, where I got to, you know, find my own house, you know, kind of really settle in to being a major league baseball player and, you know, um, getting to know people for multiple years. You know, that was what I'll take away most from it. You know, it was a great city. It was a great time. And, you know, most of my time as a major leaguer was spent there. Was the food good down there? What do they have down there? Barbecue it too. It was. They, I mean, their barbecue. Their par- it was a different type of barbecue. You yeah. Know? It wasn't. Um, it was more. Um, it was, they had barbecue and it was very good. It was just, you know, different. Where it wasn't. It was beef barbecue compared oh. to you know, you know, pork ribs style. I just got back a from of, uh, a lot of brisket. Okay. Of brisket. I just got back from uh, Cincinnati last week. Have you ever tried the Skyline Chili up there when you were up there? I did. You know, it, it's funny. It's it's literally in the clubhouse every day. That's oh really? Yeah. It, what I remember about Skyline Chili. <laughs> That's I, good stuff. I man. never really. I never enjoyed it. I'm not a huge chili guy. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, I definitely made sure I tried it. That was one of the things I wanted. Made sure each town, you know, each you know part of the country has something they're known for. I that was all I you know when I you get to travel, obviously to each major league city. So try to take advantage of it by sampling the best of what each city or region has to offer. <laughs> you're so you're so food networkish. I love it. Yeah. So uh, so the Astros put you on waivers then uh, September 1st of 11, then the Padres pick you up. Uh, you get in three games with the Padres and you know any nice memories or anything stick out about San Diego? Well, yeah, I mean, 
just how beautiful San Diego is, you know? Just the weather, the city, the ball. They have an unbelievable ballpark there um, in the downtown area. And just, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, a lot of your experiences wrapped around your teammates, you know, and getting fortunate enough to meet, you know, new guys, getting, you know, your family meets their family kind of thing. And they were super welcoming because I was, um, like you said, it was a waiver. Um, the Astros were rebuilding and kind of getting, I was going to be um, arbitration eligible. And so they just made the decision that, they, you know, I wasn't going to be on their plans moving forward. So, you know, I, that being the case, you know, I, asked them to basically say, you know, would you just, you know, release me and let me try to, you know, um, win a job for the next coming year with the team. And so I was um, um, fortunate enough to go to San Diego, spend geez, a month or six weeks to a month there, and um, um, really enjoyed it. Now, so I'm assuming your shoulder must have been in, in pretty bad shape by then because you had surgery on it. You missed entire 2012. I mean, how how what, was that the labrum again, and how long had that been hurting for? Yeah, so I had I had um, that year I had been pitching with shoulder issues, and um, it was I, it was bothering me. I just didn't know the extent of it, but you know, it's hard to you know. That was such a big year for me, you know. Like I said, I was going to be arbitration eligible, you know, and you obviously don't want to be hurt, and, you, 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 and you're not going to um, make any money unless you're pitching. So um, I was just trying to get through it, and and you know, hope for um, that. I really wasn't. It wasn't that bad, and all I just needed was rest. And um, it, it wasn't like I couldn't pitch, you know. I was still throwing velocity-wise what I had been throwing, and I was still having success because um, I, had, I had spent some time in the minor leagues, and I'd done, I was doing really well, you know. That's part of the reason why they claim me on waivers, you know, where I had, you know, like a sub-1 ERA. Um, but um, the way it worked out in, in San Diego, I just didn't get a ton of opportunity. And then, um, and of course, at the end of that, that um uh, at the end of that season and going into the next season, you know, I, I, I knew my shoulder just was not the same and ended up having to have surgery um, in, for the second time on the same thing, but, you know, it was torn worse than it was the first time. So that's, you know, I knew I was going to be in for um, uh, a bit of a struggle. Now, random question. How does that work then? If you're having, because you were a free agent, right? Who, so who pays for that? Does MLB still pay for it? Whatever the soul, the soul um, surgery, how'd that so work? So it was I, I had I had signed with Washington. Oh, so okay. When I, I went to spring training, um, you know, I passed all my physicals and stuff. Like I said, it wasn't a matter of not being able to pitch. It was just the you know, I just wasn't the same. And um, trying to get through spring training, I just it just kept it was it was just degenerating essentially. Okay. You know, my performance, how I felt, and then it came to the point where you know velocity wasn't the same and you know then they're like well you know that's kind of like a big red flag so if if your velocity changes dramatically which happened to me they're like what's the deal you know what you know where that's and that's when they start the you know the mri process to kind of get a better idea of what's going on and um you know and that's where i ended up going was to, to surgery and having it repaired 
And then, uh, so you you know rehab that. You come back in 2013 with the independent uh, Bridgeport Bluefish. You're really good there. You're an all star there in the Atlantic League. One two nine ERA and 34 appearances. Did you get any nibbles that summer from any teams? And what was that summer like? No, no, I didn't. And you know it was um, it was it was you know it is what it is, as they say. I mean, I know I know it's a cliche, but um, I did everything I thought I needed to do. You know to at least get an opportunity, and I just didn't get one, you know, and that's part of what happens in baseball. I think what you what you really is, you know, from when when I, from when the time that I started my career to now, the league, and it's just a matter of fact that it's just gotten younger, you know. Yeah. And guys get to the major league faster. Guys are younger, and guys don't stay in the league as long, you know. And I think the, where I was in my career. Um, how old I was and my injury history. I just, I think, you know, that was uh, just too much for a lot of teams to, you know, take a chance on. Did you give it uh, one last go last year at all? and Or just, you know, hang him up at the end of 13? No, I, did. I mean, I just, um, I just felt like I, you know, I, I, I didn't think I was going to do, it's not like I was going to pitch better than I was at that point, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe there was an opening, but you know, I felt like if I if I can't get a job doing what I'm doing now, then I just don't see it, you know, happening. And you know, now at the time I had, um, or I, you know, I still do. You know, I had three young kids, you know, and it was just a matter of okay, well, if it's not happening now, you know, and I try to do this next year, and it's just, um, and yeah, you know, I, I just didn't want to keep dragging it out. I knew. You know, at some everybody knows at some point you can't play forever. So it's just a matter of knowing when it's your time. And for me, that you know, I, I made the decision that that was the time. Um, and I, you know, just I had other things that I wanted to pursue. Um, and I didn't want to just keep hanging on just to hang on. You know. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I mean, when when you look back then, last few things here. When you look back at your major league career and your life in baseball, what are you most proud of? Um, that I, you know, it sounds simple, but I, what I'm most proud of is that, you know, that I made it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, not whether it be one day or one year or 10 years, you know, just to say that you, you know, get the opportunity. Some guys don't even get the opportunity. You know, I, you know, I played, it's funny, I played, um, when I played independent ball, I played with, um, um, Adam Greenberg. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with Of course, story. yeah, of course. Right. So he, he. You know, he gets called up, he gets wanted back and gets drilled in the face and never gets another opportunity because he's not the same, you know? You just never know. And to be fortunate to to get to spend, you know, the better part of four years in the major leagues to, you know, to have a, you know, a playing professional baseball, playing over 10 years, you know, I felt like I was pretty fortunate. Things worked out for me. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I, there's nothing I could look back on and with regrets, in other words. How cool is it having your own baseball cards? Do you have a favorite one? Um, you know, I I don't have a favorite one. I um, you know, but it's, I do have a funny story. You know, to this day, I still get people sending me cards. I don't know how they find my address, but they do. <laughs> and they send, me, send me stuff, for, you know, to sign and send back to them. That's cool, right? Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. I mean, you can't complain about it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Still, still remember. Do you, I mean, do you stay in touch with any of your old Royals teammates anymore? 
Um, I, you know, um, I don't as often as I'd like to. You know, every once in a while you shoot somebody a, um, you know, a tweet now <laughs> instead of a phone call tweet, or or you you know you send them a note or message on Facebook. Um, yeah. But uh, um, you know, you, you try to keep it tight. You know, guys. Some of the guys are still playing. Some of the guys are, you know. Believe me, I have three kids, and you, you know, they kids keep you busy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I guess uh, the last question I have for you then is, you know, in summary, what would you like to say to Rails fans listening right now? I would say that you guys have a, an unbelievable team right now, and you know, for all the years that there wasn't, you know, as successful as you know, obviously all fans want to be their teams to be, that you know, ride this and and you know, for as long and um, as, as you possibly can, because you know, Royals fans should know that uh, they don't last forever, and you know to really enjoy it while it does last. Yeah, you're totally right about that. Totally right. Well, we uh, you know appreciate all of your time today, obviously, and then for uh, you know the year you gave to the Royals organization, and it was fun following your success after you left here with Houston. It was all you know Royals fans were all proud to see you do well, and it's it's good to hear you staying busy and doing well in 2015, and uh, you know definitely stay in touch, and hopefully we'll see you back out here in KC one of these days. That would be awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate it.